Is there are there any gay bookstores in Austin that you can like stick your dick in a hole? No, I feel like Austin's really boring for that kind of thing. I feel like we it's really yeah. just twenty four hour fitness. <laughs> That's where you'll find John Travolta. Oh my god. I oh my god. only in his battlefield earth outfit. Oh my god, yes, with those dreadlocks, mama. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And now came talk. Talk, talk. <laughs> Hi everyone! Hello. Welcome back, We're or here. hello if it's your first time. Oh my god, if it's your first time, hi. Hi, hey there. How are you? We're, we're the gays. That's us. There's, there's just only two of us because we're the only two. ones that are left. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so yeah, um, this is Straight People Movies. Uh, it's a podcast where each week we two gays explore a movie made for straight people, and we mm-hmm. ask the ever-loving question: Why? Why? I don't know. Why? Why? I'm Kirk Van Sickle. And I'm Dylan Garcia. And yeah, in case you didn't get it um, from our beautiful, beautiful. Uh, Sungin, 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 sang, sung intro, sung intro. There we go. Is that correct? Um, Yeah, it's a sung intro. We're doing. um, Is this our first? Like, I mean, I guess Predator was like a is a franchise, but this is like a big franchise. Yeah, the Predator franchise is like there was another one, and then there was Alien versus Predator. Like that. Right. It's not. Yeah, it it doesn't count. It doesn't count. This is our first, and I guess Raiders. Mm -hmm. And Justice League. Okay, never mind. So we this isn't our first <laughs> franchise, but I do feel like we chose. This is like, this is like its own fucking universe. This oh, is like, yeah. I feel like this is a franchise where everyone forgets it's a franchise that even exists, and then somehow mm-hmm. another movie of it comes out, and everyone goes and sees it and cares for like a day, and then everyone yeah. forgets about it all over again. Yeah, and I think it's one of those movies where it's like real heads know. Like everyone, it's like, a, um, uh, how do I, it's like, I don't know, like, it's like the Rolling Stones. Like everyone knows the Rolling Stones. Right, but not everyone listens to the Rolling Stones. Not everyone listens to the Rolling Stones, exactly. Right. Wrong. What's your favorite Rolling Stones album? Uh, I mean, the only one that I really know is Exile on Main Street. That's the one I like, too. <laughs> oh. I love it. It's fabulous. It's long. Great. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's great. It's fantastic. And just like that, it long convoluted mm-hmm. and, and but still fun and <sighs> mainstream mm-hmm. we got the very first in the mission impossible series oh my god from 1996 Mama. that's how long ago it was ladies and I gentlemen. Know, isn't that crazy i remember this coming out i feel like i was a little too young when mm. this came out to really know about it but i feel like we watched this in preparation for mi2 yeah because i would have been uh, the prime age yes. for that because that came out when i was like 10 yeah, so I I guess I'm thinking when I think about it more, I think of like it being referenced like in the culture. Oh yeah, because oh. this movie was everywhere in the culture. Like Austin Powers parodies it, mm-hmm. SNL was parodying it. I'm sure The Simpsons parodied it. Mm-hmm. Everyone was parodying it. I mean, yes, the most iconic scenes in this movie are parodied in the culture. Forever. And you know what? And I know we we're not supposed to get into it just yet, but I want to say that those iconic scenes 
it doesn't matter how much they've been made fun of. They're still fucking and incredible. So fucking good. <laughs> it is Holy breathtaking. Shit. This whole movie is oh my breathtaking. God. <laughs> Get ready for our hot take, ladies yes. and gentlemen, um, and the non-binaries of the internet. Can't wait. Ladies and ladies, um, <laughs> I, I think I want to answer a question I'm assuming people are asking right now. It's like, why, if you're doing a spy movie franchise, why aren't you starting with James Bond? Because Dr. No is boring. Dr. No is boring. Also, there's another James Bond movie coming out later in the fall, and we'll probably do an episode around that. Yeah, and we'll probably have to do fucking, and you can bleep this out. Secret. <laughs> <laughs> I would much rather do, like, The World Is Not Enough, so I could hear that garbage song again. We didn't talk about garbage enough in last week's episode. They were I so know, good. Oh, <laughs> God. I think that Garbage Is The World Is Not Enough is the superior Bond song. Look, they did two incredible franchise songs in the nineties. They did "The World Is Not Enough" and they did "Number One Crush." Like, I don't. I'm not familiar. It? What's the number one crush? The I would die for you. Oh, I mean, no. oh, I mean, I know that song, but it was. I it mean, was it's from Romeo song? plus Juliet. Oh yeah, I just watched that movie recently, like in the last year. That movie is so fucking good. It's so good. It's I don't care. I. It's incredible. I literally, I was describing it to somebody. I think it was friend of the pod Harrison. Mm-hmm. I think I was like. Do you like the idea of Shakespeare soliloquies being recited in a swimming pool? And he said, yes. And I said, you're going to love it then. <laughs> do you like fish tanks? Do you like fish tanks? And do you like Claire Dane's crying face? Mm-hmm. Then you're going to love Romeo. You'll love it. Incredible. But anyway, um, Mission I also Impossible. I do have a yeah. confession, though. Oh, what? What? I've never seen a James Bond movie. Wait. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> Whoa! Yeah, never, not, not that's the one. really surprising. I know. I think I as know. like a little boy in Beaumont, like James Bond for like boomers that live in the suburbs of Texas, like that's like mm-hmm. cinema to them. Oh, it is. Like to oh, them, yeah. that's like oh, we're watching some artsy today. Mm-hmm. We're gonna put on Rollerball. We're gonna put on From Russia with Love. We're gonna put on Her Majesty's Secret Service. We're gonna put on Octopussy. <laughs> Uh, no, I've never seen one. Um, wow. I know. We were gonna, me and Alex were going to do a thing where we are going to watch every one, like, one, every Sunday, watch one a Sunday, but then we just ended up watching The Amazing Race instead. I so. mean, that sounds like a better choice. Honestly, so I, Dr. No, I saw in the last, like, 10 years at the Paramount, and it's very slow and boring, but Sean Connery mm-hmm. is very hot in it. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're a fan of hairy chests, yes. hairy pits, yes. and oh. bare feet just being out at oh. all times, then you're mm-hmm. going to get a lot of that in Dr. No. Yeah. So that'll okay. get you through. <laughs> From Russia with Love, though, the second film, that's a great movie. Okay. And Noted. then uh, uh, Thunderball's great. Goldfinger is great, too. I would say all the Sean Connery ones, except for like maybe Dr. No, because it's just a okay. little... Uh, like they're, they're all great. And okay. then I actually started... like I did the same thing with my dad as a kid. And I feel like when we get into Roger Moore, I just couldn't get behind Mr. Moore. Okay. I couldn't okay. get behind him. I, I've been meaning to try at some point as an adult, but I just was I like, he's just, it's not the same. Not the same. I think they're all on Tubi up until like the, the um, Daniel Craig ones. Yeah. That, and yeah. And I mean, Pierce Brosnan ones are just really camp and silly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have I talked about you how I Die just... Another Day with Madonna? No. I, oh, I love the song when she goes, Sigmund Freud. Uh, my favorite part analyze of that song. This, analyze <laughs> this. Analyze this. Analyze these, 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 Yeah, great <laughs> underrated Bond song. Um, no, Die Another Day is horrible. Absolutely horrible movie, but it's got Halle Berry, Roseman Pike, and Madonna in it. Oh, hell yes. Um, 
real quick, before we get back to the episode, but real quick, when is Yorgos going to take Pierce Brosnan into the to the camp? I think he would be a perfect fit. Yeah, I feel like he's really taking every 90s hoo-hoo actor that, like, lost. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what would be great is a movie with Brendan Fraser, Alicia Silverstone, and Pierce Brosnan. Give it to us. Give it to us. Oh, wait. Alicia Silverstone and Brendan Fraser are already in a movie together. Blast from the Past. I love it. Oh, that yeah. It's so charming. I've never seen it, but I need to. Oh, it's so it, cute. It's fun. It's I always got it and Pleasantville in confused. I love Pleasantville. <laughs> that movie is so fucking stupid, but I love it to death. Love it. It is like the dumbest metaphor for race politics ever. Ah, my favorite. But, Mama. I also, mm-hmm. like, weirdly think Tobey Maguire's hot. Ah. Tommy Hart is hot though. He's, he's so, so derpy, hot. but it's like he's so. Cute. Oh, he's cute. I bet he kisses well. Yeah, I bet he's a good kisser. But speaking of good kissers, <laughs> let's not talk Tom about Cruise, Mich- not Tom Cruise. God no. Uh, so today we are talking about the 1996 Brian De Palma King King Legend Legend film Mission: Colon Impossible, That's starring Tom Cruise, John Voight, Ving Rhames, uh, Henry Cherney. Jean Renault, Kristen Scott Thomas, and Vanessa Redgrave, bitch. Oh my god, girl. Mom, we'll get into her. Uh, and the plot of the movie, if you haven't seen it, is IMF. That means, uh, what is that, International uh, Impossible Missions Foundation? Impossible <laughs> Missions Foundation. Impossible Missions, there we go. Uh, IMF agent Ethan and his, Ethan Hunt, rather, and his team fail a vital intel mission, resulting in everyone but him presumed dead. Uh, Ethan then goes rogue and hires another disavowed IMF agents to help stop the intel from getting into the wrong hands. Everyone betrays everyone, and there's a stick of gum that blows up a restaurant and a helicopter. And it's currently available to stream on Paramount+. Plus. You know, I'm so angry I didn't know it was on Paramount+, Plus because I paid $4 to watch it on Paramount+. Oh, no. Yeah, they're all on there. God damn it. Oh, no. I mean, yeah, give Tom the, the two cents that I bet he's going to get in residuals from that. I mean, he produced it. I know, and, you know, crazy? and we'll get, I mean, we can just we'll get into jump it. in with, like, the lore of the film. To start, I guess, because I feel like it's got a really interesting production, because it's like, essentially, it sounds like, to me, based on just the wiki. Down the wiki. That, it's kind of a similar situation to Poltergeist, right? Mm -hmm. You know, like, the whole gag of Poltergeist is that Toby Hooper, famous for doing the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, directed Poltergeist, but it was really ghost-directed by Steven Spielberg the whole time, who Mm -hmm. wrote and produced the movie. I feel like, I mean, Brian De Palma's, like, style is there. I'm not taking anything away from the king. But I, based on the wiki, it seems like Tom Cruise had a lot of control. Yes, over yeah, the he movie. Like, well, he hired De Palma, which is so. That's Tom Cruise has always had great taste. He does have great taste. I mean, he's been spotted at Seeger Rope shows. Oh, good for him. Oh, yeah. yeah, great taste. I love this. Is a pro Tom Cruise podcast. I think we love Tom Cruise. Uh, I love Tom Cruise. I think it's camp. I think he's camp. He, um, Amy Nicholson has a really good book about him. Uh, if you want to read like a literal textbook about Tom Cruise, came out probably like eight or nine years ago. Highly suggest. Amy Nicholson, one of one of our most insane film critics. Uh, she yeah, a really she good. Is, she is she is wild and isn't she? Love her. Um, Am I taller yeah, than Tom Cruise? Yeah. What's that? What's that? Tom Cruise height? Was he like? I thought he was like five six. Yeah, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna guess five six too. Who? What's his shoe size? Five seven. Oh yeah. I five seven. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel nine. like I, I feel like as someone that thinks feet are cute, I'm very angry at the internet's um, hatred towards foot fetishists right now. So you know what? You know what? Feet. Are oh, fine. me and Tom Cruise are the same size. Oh, Aww. what is that? Cute. Ten? We can share shoes. Oh, nine. Look at that. Yeah. Nine. All right. Small, love it. petite feet. Oh, I'm a ten and a half. Oh, 
Ugh, I know, but like Alex is eleven, and I can't fit into his feet too big. Oh, um, because you said the same size. It's so convenient. I love. Ah, uh, so jealous. I need to lose like fifty pounds, and then I can start wearing Alex's clothes. And cut um, off some of your feet. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't need those toes. What are they doing for me? <laughs> They're not making any money. They're not paying real rent. They um, could. They could. Uh, well, not on OnlyFans anymore. All right, but that's for yeah. another. We'll talk about for that another podcast. Let's we talk about OnlyFans. Um, but yes, Mission Impossible is fucking incredible. Yeah, here's the thing. <laughs> Dylan, this has been yeah. like I think the weirdest SPM situation I've been in cuz I was like really dreading watching this even though I love yeah. De Palma, but you know I haven't seen it in forever and I'm like, yeah. oh, you know, it's De Palma's like stab at the mainstream, you know, like, mm-hmm. eh, you know, 90s action movie, eh, Tom yeah. Cruise. Eh. But I loved it. Love I it. loved it. I thought it was great. I thought it was aesthetic. It had great mm-hmm. lighting, great cinematography. Perfect. I thought it was a perfect action movie. And people, yeah, it's convoluted in a good way. It's like Mm -hmm. inherent vice, essentially. And I loved it. I loved it. And and Dylan, people don't like this movie. I know it's like sixty six percent on Rotten Tomatoes. I know. I I was shook. I was shook, and then I looked on Litterbox, and everyone else also doesn't really seem to like it that much. Fucking insane. It's perfect. Like all my all the people I follow that I trust. If any of my Letterbox fucking trusted my following Letterbox people are on here. I trust you, and all of y'all didn't really like care for Mission Impossible, but you like like Fallout and shit. Like, fuck off. No, I mean I haven't Fallout? seen Fallout. I'm not oh sure my god, Fallout! There's this scene, okay, where um, Henry Cavill he is holding like a detonator for a bomb in between his legs, and it just keeps cutting back to his crotch. And... You know he has the stinkiest fucking crotch. Oh, I bet it's so smelly. Oh, <laughs> it's so good. Anyway, Fallout's great. Saw it in IMAX. I was really high. Anyway, no, this movie's so it's so efficient. This movie just fucking goes. It just starts. It does its thing. The opening scene where it's like uh, it's so fucking De Palma to set like a a, a scene within a scene, basically mm. incredible. I loved that. That was brilliant, and it was very him. You know, like we mm-hmm. have those kind of like cutaway. It's a set moments and like body double and like mm-hmm. fucking Phantom of the Paradise and like mm-hmm. so many of my favorite films, like. I'm trying to like stop so hard just like fangirling about De Palma but like to me like Mission Impossible like I wouldn't say it's like one of my favorite favorites by him but it's like but all of his movies are like four stars and above for me yeah you know what I mean like I like all of his movies except for maybe like the Black Dahlia yeah that I mean I honestly so like Mission Impossible is probably his last great movie because after that it's Snake so, Eyes, Mission to Mars, Femme Fatale. What's up? Here's the gag, though. What's the I, tea? I, I, I did some letterbox. You know, because people on Letterbox they know what's up. Some movies are misunderstood, up. honey. Mm-hmm. And apparently, Femme Fatale is good. Okay, and so is love. Mission to Mars. Because Mission to Mars didn't that play at Cannes in competition? It did, and apparently, it has like a full on 2001 like ending. I don't really remember. I saw it as a kid, and like Tim Robbins like dances on Mars. I don't know. It sounds Hot. great. Okay, I'm here for it. It sounds great. And I think that, like, it's like, this is his last... Well, not even, because Mission Impossible got middling reviews. It was just successful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I guess his last movies. movie that, like... I mean, let's look at his filmography, Mr. Yeah. De Palma. Uh, let's, so, just, like, let's just, like, walk through De Palma's career for some of our audience that maybe is not a huge yeah. fan or are familiar with him. So, yeah, so he's, to, he's older. So he was born in 1940. Uh... First movie I honestly know of his is Phantom of the Paradise. Yeah, I feel like that was like 
Yeah, it was a box office failure, got negative reviews, but now it's a cult classic. Yeah, because Paul like Williams, the king, did the music. It's so... I love this movie. It is so fun. I think it's my favorite, like, rock musical-esque mm-hmm. movie. I, it's great. And then, of course, Carrie is, like, what really put him on the mm-hmm. map. Carrie... It's, like, kind of fucked up that he never really did, like, other proper horror films. I know, because Carrie's so fucking good. Carrie is, like, amazing. And I think Brian has this way of making, I don't know how he does it, but almost all of his big films have iconic scenes in them. Yes. Oh, yeah. I don't know how he does it. He's just, well, because he's so, like, indebted to, like, the the French greats. And he translates it to both, translates it and yet keeps its integrity but is able to uh portray it to a mainstream audience absolutely i I feel like it's like a mix between like he loves like the french auteurs but he also loves like hitchcock Mm -hmm. and like the great hollywood filmmakers and i feel like he finds a way to like put them together in a way that doesn't feel like just pastiche or camp like it actually feels like like he has this movie called body double that's literally Mm -hmm. just a rewriting of vertigo essentially but with like porn stars and shit and it's awesome yeah, it's one almost of, better than Vertigo. I said. Oh shit! That's what that is. A, that's a take moment. Yeah. And he also, he I, of course did one of my all-time favorite movies, starring our beloved faggot king uh, John Travolta in Blowout. Blowout is literally a masterpiece. Masterpiece, flawless. You can't take out a single frame of that movie. He's really good. This is something I've noticed about him, and you don't really get it as much in Mission Impossible. I guess kind of in that first sequence where all the agents are getting killed off, mm-hmm. but he's so good at like creating tension in like public spaces i Mm -hmm. I don't know how to describe it fully it's just like like i feel like all of his movies have these like great moments where you're like it's kind of like a quiet chase like Mm -hmm. in a public street like and it's like so tension filled but he's not and like blowout has that like whole sequence with like the recording with like the owl and the frog it's just like it's like and then also in the train station in the bathroom in the train station it's just like something about the way he like is able to capture like Things happening under the surface. Mm-hmm. It's so fucking. Oh, I love it's, him so much. I love him so much. I think he's uh, amazing. I still need to watch Scarface. I've never seen it. It's like me either. It's like long. seven hours long. I'm not gonna watch yeah. it. That's that's gonna be like episode 400. I'm never like oh, fine. I finally watch Scarface. Uh, the Untouchables. I mean, got Sean Connery his Oscar. Yeah, I feel like I've never seen it. I know that boomers like it. Mm-hmm. My mom likes it. She's told me once. <laughs> Trisha Clarkson's in it, and she went to high mm-hmm. school with mom. So she went to high school with Patty. Yeah, my mom went to high school with Patty Clarkson. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! She was on the same dance team with her. Oh my god! Yeah, and apparently I... she quit the dance team to focus full time on being in the theater club. Oh my god! Yep, and uh. this was kind of like her. I mean, she'd been in things, but I feel like yeah. this was her first like big break mm-hmm. in a big movie. So like my mom saw it because she was in it. Um, so your mom is like two degrees from Brian De Palma. I, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah oh I mean, my God. I mean from so many great filmmakers, I mean, I'm sure that like if my mom like hit her up, she'd like vaguely remember her. Oh, I bet. But like, I had Patty. <gasps> Patty would know. I feel like Patty remembers. She remembers. Patty remembers. Uh, have you ever seen Bonfire of the Vanities? Mm. The movie's no. wild. So it's such no. an insane movie. It uh, It's very problematic. And it's, I don't want to say incredible, but it is just like a fascinating failure, which is what I think like a lot of the, when he doesn't hit, the thing with Brian De Palma is that he swings so big every time. And that whenever he doesn't hit, it's still a big swing. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Cause it's like, look at Phantom of the Paradise, like bad reviews, 
like I love Dress to Kill, even though it's like, I mean, problematic as fuck. Mm. Um, but like, look, I'm looking at the the wiki right now. Worst actress for fucking Nancy Allen. <laughs> I mean, Jesus, fuck off. Yeah. Um, and Blowout. Do, do people like? I think so, people like. So Blowout Blow got good reviews, but it like tanked. I mean, it's like mm. either it gets good reviews, tanks, or both. Or, yeah. like, is, like, bad reviews and tanks. It's, like, he doesn't, like... I feel like Carrie and maybe, like, Scarface? Mm-hmm. The only, like, where it actually, like, And the Untouchables, up. I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Wait. Yeah, the Untouchable, like... That was, like, nominated for Oscars and shit. And, like, won Oscars. Yeah, I feel like... I feel like Carlito's Way... Mm-hmm. Well, got mixed reviews. Uh, no, yeah. No, cult film. Never mind. Cult. Yeah, so Mission Impossible, I guess you could technically say was his last successful movie and then the untouchables would be his last like critically acclaimed movie yeah and everything since then has just been like a disaster femme fatale or not femme fatale sorry the black dahlia is one of the worst movies i've ever seen in my entire life it's really really sad because mia kirshner from the Mm -hmm. l word is Mm -hmm. absolutely incredible in it like I remember, like, I, like that's how good I think she's in it because I haven't seen this movie since I was in high school. And you're like, and I remember that anytime she was on screen because she plays the girl that gets murdered, and there's like weird like flashbacks or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And like her scenes were like great, and then everything else. I mean, like, what do you expect when you got Josh Hartnett, Scarlett Johansson, <laughs> Hillary Swank, and Aaron Eckhart as your cast? What a, I'm not what trying a to be a dick, lineup. but that combo is weird. I loved so many things about Mission Impossible. And, you know, it's really funny because the critics were like, oh, all the, you know, action set pieces and, like, the big moments that are the best parts of the movie, which I agree with. I'm not yes, going to, like, correct. argue, like, the scene, the famous scene where he, like, is, like, dangling. Oh, my God. And, like, cracking the computer whatever thing. Oh, my and, God. And, and he Sean has his little Renaud glasses. just, like, Ugh. holding him up hot, he by sneezes. the way. Oh, yeah. Um, oh. And he's scared of rats. So that's good. Scared of rats. But, um, yeah, that, I mean, that scene's great. The helicopter chase at the end is, like, Fucking Alfred Hitchcock on fucking so, steroids. Like looking at all like his his like clothes like rattle in the wind is I know. so like it looks like it's like that's like full surreal like it was amazing animation like, almost. They're it's incredible. beautiful sequences, but honestly, like everyone like the critics complained about the convoluted plot and like the bad acting, but honestly, some of my favorite parts of the movie were like those moments, like mm-hmm. so campy and great. Can we talk about Tom Cruise? emailing different job sites to contact an arms dealer played by Vanessa Redgrave. You're going to sit here and tell me that that's not cinema. That's it's cinema. Well, that's the thing. Brian De Palma, he understood the camp of the original series. I agree. Tom Cruise understood the camp of the original series, understands the camp of spy as a genre. I feel like spy is like the easiest genre to like make fun of because like it has basically like four tropes. Um, And this movie understands yet takes very seriously its tropes. I it's agree. Beautiful. And it's like, even at the end, the movie has like kind of a point. It's like when John Voight reveals that he's not dead. Spoiler. Mm-hmm. Spoiler. He, I mean, you could see these twists from like a mile away. Like yeah, you can. But it's fun. I like that. And like, he's kind of like, it's not, it's different now. Our president doesn't let us do anything anymore. Referring to Bill Clinton. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, Basically, they're like the the rules of the original Mission Impossible are dead now. This is a new version of Mission mm-hmm. Impossible where like we're not needed anymore, and I want fucking money. Yeah, you know it's not worth it to get paid sixty k a year to like 
take out bad guys under the radar and not get anything for it. Like, I thought that was really smart. I liked mm-hmm. that. I thought that was a great, like, screenplay moment. It's like yeah. you're basically explaining why the villain is doing what he's doing, and it's like it makes sense to me. And, yeah, it totally makes sense. That's, that's how you know a good villain. A good villain is like you should be able to understand why they're coming from. And exactly, and it's John Vo- And here's the thing. When you see John Voight in a movie, Mm-hmm. Period. He's going to be the villain, people. Mm-hmm. You see him as a Panamanian in Anaconda. He's not going to be good. He's not gonna be, and he, he, there's a reason why Angelina Jolie doesn't talk to him anymore. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. There's but a reason like, the only money he gets is from, uh, what are those movies, Baby Geniuses? Baby Geniuses 1 and 2. I can't believe he has an Oscar, <laughs> and this is all he does now. I know. It's kind of iconic, though. I don't know who that's gay. But, yeah, I think there's so, there's so many great little scenes in this movie that I think have been forgotten. Can we, mm-hmm. and here's the, here's my favorite scene. My favorite scene yeah. is the scene where Tom Cruise, can, Luke Besson's, not Luke Besson, Jean Renault. Luke Besson is mm-hmm. the director <laughs> of Leon the Lucy. Professional, which stars. Yes. But when Jean Renault um, is like trying to like steal this like floppy disc <laughs> from Tom Cruise and Tom Cruise does magic tricks. It's so fantastic. It is so fucking funny. The look it's... on his face is literally like a child when they see a puppet show. <laughs> then Ving Rhames tries to like do the magic. <laughs> he just like has his hands and like tries to push them together. But It's ugh. so funny. And also just Ving Rhames as like a masterclass hacker. Incredible. Inspired casting. Yes. Yes. He's so good in the rest of the movies. I love he could him. literally like say different computer like tech nerd shit mm-hmm. to me like for hours. I'd listen. Oh my. I just want. He just. I love Ving Rhames. I just love the way he talks. Me I want too. him He's to do. He's speaking of great voice. He is incredible in Lilo and Stitch. Oh my god! I never like put that together. Yeah, it's him. Oh yeah. god, Lilo and Stitch. That's now a movie. that. That is cinema. That's cinema, baby. I love that fucking cinema. movie, and the it's show a, was great too. Show is fantastic. All the Elvis music is so ugh, ugh, so ugh. good. Whatever okay. happened to Miss Dove Chase? She had such a chokehold on the little girl like voice acting market. And then she grew up. And then she was a little girl from the ring. And then she was like on mm-hmm. Big Love for two seconds. And then she just like she vanished. Vanished. I, w- I bet she's also like on Yellowstone. When we asked where Kiranka Kelcher was, and she's like on Yellowstone. I bet she's that's where she is too. <laughs> let's let's go. Let's hack into the mainframe. Oh, she's so pretty. Aww. Oh my god, she's like my age. Fun. Oh look at that. You could have been Stitch. Where is Davey Chase now? She's just vibing. It sounds like. Good vibing, that's good. I bet she has a lot of money from Lilo and Stitch. I hope she does at least. I mean, between Lilo and Stitch, the ring, like, she's got. She's fine. fine. She's fine. She's doing fine. Yeah. Oh, she's so pretty. So Love pretty. Um, uh. but anyway, yeah. So, yeah, I think the movie is yeah. great. I'm shocked that people. It's so interesting to me. I guess like. I think the funny thing about action, maybe, correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like have you hmm. been watching a lot of these like modern action movies that people are like obsessed with? Because I'm like not you're, as like, familiar. Like Triple Frontier and like you're John Wicks shit. and you're like you know I've watched the John Wicks yeah I'm familiar are they with like John Wick. super serious uh yeah okay is that the issue because I feel like Mission Impossible is yeah. fun yes and yeah I, I think feel it like is. now all action movies are really serious yeah I mean like even like the close we can come to and I know they're already mad at us for saying this but like the Fast and the Furious are like both fun and stuff but it's like real earnest. Right, while well, Mission Impossible like kind of takes the piss out of yeah, Mission Impossible a little bit. It's real irony, and I think what I really like about the Mission Impossible franchise specifically is that they all have very specific directors. Like, 
and very have like very different visions. So like Brian De Palma, the first one, who's this big voyeuristic Hitchcock kind of dude, and then the next one, John Woo makes this like insane like Hong Kong boilerplate movie that's like doves everywhere, people with seven guns in their hands. Uh, third one, you have your J.J. Like Abrams do it. Abrams, who just shouldn't touch anything. Just yeah, that's that's Let the one. Stop it, J.J. Give it back to Brian. And then now they are. I am going to cut this out for Christopher McQuarrie, who yeah, I like him. The, like, yeah, and he's like he like he kind of. It's like the guy that did the rest of the Harry Potter movies. Yeah, it's so a Brad like, Bird oh, you'll, was. You'll do. So Brad Bird did Ghost Protocol, which is like the one that I don't really like that much. And he did like uh, Iron Giant, and she's like an animation guy. And then it's been Christopher McQuarrie since. So I like Christopher McQuarrie, but then it's like he he makes very good action movies, but they're not to me like what I like for Mission Impossible, which is sort of this right. like director's showcase. That's what I assumed because people really liked his last couple of Mission Impossible movies, and I just assumed they were serious takes on the film. They're serious takes, but they're like very, very good. But they're like not like they're kind of anonymous. Yeah, I'm not like coming for that style of action film. I just think that like we've discussed this before, but it's like. I just feel like Christopher Nolan like really ruined Mm -hmm. action movies for me Mm because it's just like I feel like because of the Dark Knight's like influence on everything it feels like it's like every fucking B movie camp movie like anything that just used to be like fun and silly like has to now be serious Mm -hmm. and like millennial men just like eat it up like they love that and I just feel like. I don't know. Like, what's wrong with a little fun? What's wrong know. with a little aesthetic? Like, Nothing. what's wrong? Like, with Tim Burton's Batman series. You Nothing. Know? Nothing. They're incredible. They're perfect. And then, yeah, you have, you have your, uh, what's his name? Why, oh, my God. Why is he escaping my mind? The gay. Oh, Joel Schumacher. Joel Schumacher. There we go. Oh, my God. And he did that. And then it just went to shit from there. That's because uh, internalized homophobia. Yeah. Because absolutely. people hate gods and girls. That's what I'm claiming. I just feel mm-hmm. like... It's just so interesting that I mean I I think we're like alone in this. I don't think like gays are like Mission Impossible One's a great movie, but mm-hmm. I do think that we're recognizing qualities in the movie mm-hmm. that we like in our kind of more campy B movies, which is just yeah. like it's it's a little silly, it's a little earnest, it's a little dumb. Yeah, yeah. you know, it's um, like all the women in the movie are just like hot and have accents, and they're just yes. there. Uh, they're yeah, I love it. It's like my husband John Voight, and they're like literally forty years apart from each other. I feel like the movie thought it was doing something by not revealing that they were having an affair, like, re- like overtly, but it was, like, still mm-hmm. overt. Yeah. It's like, you don't, like, just go up to a friend and start, like, kissing their hands. No. But it you still don't. felt like it was meant to be, like, a woo, shock. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, no. She'd want to sleep with Tom Cruise in the 90s over John oh, no. Voight. <laughs> what a surprise. God. Tom Cruise is so hot in this movie. Can we talk about Tom Cruise's 90s hair? Love it. It's incredible. I love his, like, shitty, like, Sports chill out hair. Caesar yeah. cut. Yes. Such love a 90s it. moment. I had that haircut, too. Mm-hmm. And then in Mission Impossible 2, where it's, like, almost shoulder length. Oh, it's just slicked yeah, back and Yeah, you wet. know, I'm not usually, a, like, a long hair guy, but I actually think Tom Cruise might be hotter with long hair. Oh, yeah. I think he's really hot with long hair. I think that's really good. And then he just became normal. Yeah, I mean, that's what happens when you get older. That's what happens when you get older. Unless you're Tom York, and then you become weirder looking and get long hair as you get older. I mean, yeah, Tom Cruise was always not Tom Cruise. Tom York has always <laughs> been very fugly. So. Yes, he has. Poor I, guy. I do. I might turn the lights 
real low. But um, I would still fuck Tom York because his brain is just so big. Yeah, <laughs> it's just full of so many good lines. Oh God, I just oh, finished God. that Kid A book. It's so good, so good. So I loved good. it. Yes, yeah, I Hines also agree game. with you that the funniest part of the book is he's like, "Is Kid A influential?" Yes and no. <laughs> That's like the thesis of the whole book. Yeah, it's like, have you heard hybrid theory? He's like, actually, Linkin Park is the most influential alternative rock band of the new century, and I'm like, I love that he was That's like, they fact. were doing, they were doing the exact same thing Radiohead was doing, but more eloquently, and I was like, fuck, you're right. It's true though. It's true. Yeah, because were... I feel like Radiohead was like the whiny rock music for like sad boys, and then they mm-hmm. got really esoteric and have been esoteric for the last like twenty years. But Linkin mm-hmm. Park is so immediate and so earnest yeah. and so like I'm sad, you know. <laughs> and I think that like we needed that. I needed mm-hmm. that, you needed know. Mm-hmm. I think about like I don't want to like bring it down, but like mm-hmm. I think about like did you read John Darnell's essay about Linkin Park after Chester Bennington died? Oh no. So John Darnell from The Mountain Goats, who's mm-hmm. also a writer, a very good writer, and he he's written a couple of really – he did write an essay on why R. Kelly's Ignition Remix is the greatest song of all time, but I'm sure that that's been deleted off the internet. Yeah. <laughs> but he also penned this, like, little thing about – it might have even just been tweets, actually – about mm-hmm. how he used to work at, like, a home for, like, abused children or something like that in Texas, I think, and yeah. how Linkin Park, like – He's like it saved lives. Like he's like literally yeah. like Lincoln Park. Like for like kids that have been through a lot was like their beacon of hope and light and a way for them to like filter through their feelings. And like I feel like after reading that, it really the puzzle pieces all came together for me for Lincoln mm-hmm. Park because it's one of those things that you like liked when you're twelve and then you're like ah fuck Lincoln Park right. Mm-hmm. But then you start realizing like you know it is music like this though that actually affects people. Like Radiohead, yeah. yes, saved my life quote unquote. But like. Mm-hmm. Come on. I feel like you you have to, like, fill in the blanks with them a little bit. Linkin Park, if they're, like, they're there for you. Yeah, they you will know? always be there. And, like, they had a really good run. And, like, I, they did a lot to cover genres. And I feel like when people talk about, like, Radiohead sort of expansion of genre, it's, like, genres that are already, like, kind of near each other. Where it's, like, of course the art rock band's going to do jazz and, like, mute electronics. Where it's, like, Linkin Park is, like, we're going to combine rock and like new metal and like rap and hip hop and like be very versed in both of those forms. Well, it's very modern, right? Because mm-hmm. I feel like I, I, you know, I can't believe I'm like taking down Radiohead right now, but because <laughs> they're one of my favorite bands. But at the end of the day, like, has Radiohead done anything more interesting than say like Can did? No, no, they're just doing it again. Right. They're basically just a more mainstream can at the mm. end of the day. Like like you said, jazz, electronic music even. It's like people were dabbling with electronic music in the 70s. Like, yeah. I think the only difference is that like they're, the brand of electronic music they play around with is like Aphex Twin. But I think that's like the, the sad part is like you get into Radiohead and then you discover like Aphex Twin, Burial, and like Fortet. And then you're like, actually, these guys are the ones making interesting forward-thinking music. And they're mm-hmm. just kind of copying it. Yeah. And that's and coming Ram- from a fan. That's coming from yeah. a big fan. I think what saves Radiohead is they're just great songwriters. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I think they had this kind of inverse. And then Lincoln Park is actually really like why I like it, the comparison in the book where it's like the less you think about Radiohead, the more you realize that they're awesome. And the more you actually like think about Lincoln Park, the more you realize they're awesome. Right. If you just like kind of sit and like, oh, fuck, like, Nude is just like a horny ass song. Yeah. Instead of like trying to unlock it, or whatever. But then There's like you nothing listen, to like, unlock. No. Yeah. They're yeah. way less uh, enigmatic than you think. 
They really are. I feel like Tom York. Oh God, I can't believe I'm just taking them down today. Um, I feel like <laughs> Tom York might be one of the most like overrated lyricists of all time. Okay, sis. Yeah, I mean, I just feel like at least recently. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, I don't think anima I... like. Oh yeah, what a boring fucking album that was. Also, um, tomorrow's modern box is also very boring. And also, just let's just the say, Animal Shape Pool boring. <laughs> Animal Shape Pool, except for True Love Waits, which was and seventy what years the old. The King of Limbs is the production, but like even the lyrics in the King of Limbs is like fucking stupid. Mm-hmm. Like he literally forgot. Like I, it's so funny that in this day and age, like they can't find anything interesting to talk about. It's like no. nineteen ninety seven really was the time that we need to talk about. Like. That's the thing is they're just like fucking like whiny British boys. You know what I mean? Like it's like they're like oh we're so lonely in this technological crowded world. Like it's like whining in '97 when everything was quote fine. Yeah. But like in 2000 in 2020 you can't think of anything to write about. Mm-hmm. You had to go back to old other music than like your sad divorce and now you're dating <sighs> some 22 year old. I don't care. I'm sorry, Tom. I love you. And Rainbows is still the best album. Mm. Okay. Mm. I'll take yeah. it. I don't agree. But. Look, yeah. <laughs> I think they have they have three perfectly acceptable choices for their best album, and then anything else after that is weird if you say it's your best album. Amnesiac. That's weird. Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> all right, speaking of weird, why do straight people like this movie? Um, I don't do... I put Tom Cruise, but, like, do p- straight, straight people like Tom Cruise, right? Yeah. It's a weird one. I feel yeah. like they try to pretend to like they don't like him because you don't see the kind of, like... Bro, like you yeah. get for like a Brad Pitt, mm-hmm. or like how the weirdo dudes like Johnny Depp. You know, yeah, exactly. I feel like it's so weird. I feel like Tom Cruise is this really bankable star, mm-hmm. yet women don't ever seem to like put him in the same rankings as like Brad mm-hmm. or like Leo. Mm-hmm. And then dudes don't want to be Tom Cruise. Yeah. And then what's weird is like outside of some really great performances here and there, he's not a particularly like great actor either. Mm-hmm. I think he's like I think he's really afraid to be vulnerable, and that's like a Scientology thing. Yeah, and also like a power thing. Like uh, I'm gonna bring up a very cursed name, but remember Devin Faraci? Who? He was a um, uh, film critic for like Birth Movies Death, and then he like molested somebody. Uh, oh, so, yeah, yeah. I heard about that. Um, but he I remember he talking about Tom Cruise once, and he was like talking about in reference to like people thinking he's gay, and he was like, "I don't think Tom Cruise is gay. I just think he's like obsessed with power, and if that means he has sex with men, then it's not like he's not attracted to having sex with men. He's attracted to having power over someone." I could see that. I think that Tom Cruise has this weird every man quality to mm-hmm. him that I think people relate to maybe. But he's Question also like kind of alien. Like he's like a weird, yeah, like, do you know anything about Tom Cruise? distant and cold yeah. as I a person. In, I have, what is his favorite, and, what's his favorite food? What is his favorite music? I don't know anything about him. I don't know why people like him. It's kind of I don't a mystery. Know. He really must have sold his soul to Satan or something. Yeah, but he like fully... He has very few flops. Yeah, I mean, to this day, he still is a bankable star. And mm-hmm. in a system where that's kind of gone away. Mm-hmm. He's still the, like, I mean, people go to Mission Impossible to see him do, like, crazy shit, like, go to space or whatever. Like, his stunts, like... I think like, that maybe people... Sorry, go ahead. I was thinking, like, the stunts that kind of, that kind of, like, him doing a crazy stunt started in this, where he, like, did that really insane wire drop that's, like, so fucking breathtaking. Just him. It's so small compared to the rest of his stuff because like 
in, in mine too, he like climbs up the side of a fucking mountain, like of a cliff without any like ropes or whatever. And he like hangs off the side of a plane and he like climbs up a building like that. They like the stunts get bigger. And I think that's what kind of he gets known for in yeah. the 2010s is like stunts. And he can kind of use his physicality to distract from the fact that you like no one knows who the fuck he is. I think that that's what it is too. But I think that he's being replaced by like Keanu Reeves because it's mm-hmm. like Keanu Reeves is both likable and can do stunts. Yeah. But yeah, Tom Cruise, I think he has a quality that like, I feel like maybe men are just afraid to say that they do kind of like weirdly look up to mm-hmm. him and like want to be like him. But because he's like got the whole like gay Scientologist mm-hmm. like banners yeah. over him, it's like everyone's like afraid to like like him. Yep. And he's also a dick. Yeah, he also seems like a nightmare. And like, yeah, when you watch interviews with him, like the infamous Oprah one, like he just seems so fucking weird and psychotic. Yeah, <sighs> he's the one. No, Christian Bale like yelled at someone on a set, but has Tom Cruise has done that too? Tom Cruise yelled at people for like not following COVID protocols. That's what it was. That was yeah. recent. That was recent. But honestly, major yell at people. For, especially, like, it was, like, last year when we didn't know what the fuck was going on. Yell at people. Who cares? You Tom Cruise. Um, I, I think straight people like spy shit. People I do think. like spy shit. And I, do, I think that, like, I feel like spy subgenre is, like, maybe the weirdest subgenre of, like, action movies. I feel yeah. like outside of James Bond and, and this, like, what other big spy movies are there? I mean, I have one on the gay recommendation, but it's like, I think the thing with spy is that it's either, it's a binary of like, you're either doing a straight up spy movie or you're doing a straight up parody of a spy movie. Right. Cause like those, there was like those big ones with Colin Firth. I don't remember their names, but. Oh, the, the Kingsman. Yeah. Yeah. Or like, like awesome assassins, powers. awesome powers, spy with Melissa McCarthy, um, spy hard with Leslie Nielsen incredible spy parody, um, has one of my favorite like jokes in the movie ever where like someone is tied to a rocket and the rocket's counting down every second. So it's just like 25 hours, 23 minutes, and six seconds. 25 hours, 23 minutes, and five That's seconds. Funny. It's so funny. And it, like, it keeps cutting back to her, and she's just like tied to it, like, <laughs> ripping her eyes out. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's weird because it's like, yeah, there's no like light spy movies. It's either like, the world is in danger and is about to blow up, or har har, I'm... Austin Powers. But that's what's so weird. It's like, it's kind of what I said earlier in the episode where I was like, I feel like everyone gets really excited when these Mission Impossible movies come out and then they just like kind of like fizzle away. Mm -hmm. It's like everyone likes spy movies, but then they're like, don't actually care. And everyone likes Tom Cruise, but then actually no one cares. So like, why are these movies so popular? It's weird. It's, he's, they're movies that are fully ephemeral and he's an actor that's fully ephemeral until he appears again. He's like a... He's like a like like King Boo or whatever like he's yeah, like, like Mario. Yeah, whenever you he looks you look away from him and he's not there. We look at him and he's there, sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's so bizarre. I feel it's like bizarre. we're like on the precipice of like a weird <laughs> internet dark deep web thing. There's darkness. I feel like we there's darkness. Go. There's darkness because it just doesn't make out. sense. Like when you think about all the other big stars, like there there's something that makes sense. Yeah, like there's no like it makes no sense. There's no TV series about Mission Impossible. There's no songs for Mission Impossible. I guess except for the theme. But like James Bond has all these things that Mission Impossible doesn't, which is like a 400 movies. B like um, what's the word? Like like cultural uh, awareness outside of the movies the weekend it comes out. Right, and I think that the biggest thing that James Bond has is it's sexy. 
It's very sexy. This is very clinical. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like all the Mission Impossible movies, at least the ones that I've seen, are all like that, too. Which, like, I kind of like. I like a movie that's just, like, fully, like... I mean, like, he does, like, try to... Or not try to hug. He does, like, get with Michelle Monaghan. Remember her? Oh, my God. I love her. Kiss, kiss, bang, bang. Oh, love that bitch. Um, she's in the later Mission Impossible movies. She deserves better. She does. She's really pretty, and she's got a great voice. She sure does. I oh, love her. But, um, but I think maybe, like, what I'm starting to realize as we're talking about it is, like, I think that Mission Impossible has this kind of childishness yeah. to it. It's I mean, very, like, like, even when there's sexy stuff in this original film, it doesn't really feel overtly sexy at all. Yeah. It's, it's Which is weird asexual. for the Yeah. Because his movies are cool I, as fuck, usually. I I have the metaphor in my head. The movies are like the missions. If you choose to accept them, here's the thing. And then they self-destruct in five seconds. Mission Impossible. Mission Impossible. <laughs> wow, that's huh. it. Huh. That's the, the movies are a metaphor for the missions themselves. Yeah. Yeah, no. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, I feel, like, I feel like Mission Impossible is kind of like Star Trek, I guess is what I'm starting mm-hmm. to say. I it's love like the Star thing, Trek movies. Like, Star Trek is like also kind of like a thing that I feel like it's very innocent. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it's like Star Wars gets a little dark, you know, mm-hmm. or tries to. Yeah. Uh, and fails. But, yep. um, but I feel like, yeah, Mission Impossible kind of reminds me of Star Trek where it's like, but even Star Trek has like these like crazy fans, and I, there's no Mission Impossible fans. Yeah, there's no Mission. Yeah, that's the thing. It's people you like the movies, but it's like there's and there's also like there's no Mission Impossible series on Paramount Plus exclusively streaming. There's no Mission Impossible rides. There's no Mission Impossible merch. There's no Mission Impossible these thing. People, I feel like there's people. I think we're yeah. what we're missing is it's Gen Xers. And I don't know mm-hmm. anything about them. Well, also there's like a boomer ass show like this in the '60s. So I bet there's like boomers that watch the show, but that they would be so old now. They're so yeah. They're we... not gonna go see Fallout <laughs> with COVID. No. Like I do think Mission Impossible's taken on a life of its own at this point. Like I don't think that mm-hmm. people care about the original series. It's not like anyone sought it out after the first. I mean, maybe they did after the first movie came out, but I don't feel like that's what happened. I think it's like uh, it's the it's definition not even the canon of it's not in the canon. I think it's definitionally an event movie in which it only exists as an event. That's so weird. It's weird. No other movies are like that. No, I love it. I mean, even like Fast and the Furious, like, there's so many of them. Like, there's and been... people love those movies and talk about them all the time. Yeah. There's been 10 Fast and Furious movies in the, in the time there's been five Mission Impossible movies because there were two before it. So, like, they're just so infrequent. Yeah. And yeah. also, Fast and the Furious, I would say, I want to say this, this is our, that is our most requested Yep. Movie. We will do it eventually. We should just do all of them back to back to back to back to back. Honestly, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be opposed to that. We just did like a mini series. Okay, here. This is what we'll do. I have an idea. So I, I want to do like a. We gotta do a Halloween series because mm-hmm. straight people horror. Uh, we gotta do a Christmas series, of course. Right. I think twenty twenty two. Fast. Knock, knock them out. Knock them out. Yeah, we go first two months of January. First two months of January. First two months of the year. Uh, we knock them out. Each one. Each one, baby. I can't and then wait after that, to we Tokyo Drift. Cannot wait. Ugh. Well, speaking of cannot wait, is there anything gay about this movie? I think um, so. I think so. Yeah, there's I more actually, gay shit in the, the past like, few I feel weeks. Like De Palma, he doesn't do it on purpose, but I feel like all of his movies feel a little gay to me just because I feel like his camp 
mm-hmm. like the things that like he puts in his movies that are kind of cheesy or weird like kind of yeah. align with like a lot of gay sensibilities yeah well he's like very like voyeuristic and like ooh, this is bad and like yeah. that's kind of like being gay is like being yeah, secret he's such and a bad. little peeping tom a little peeping tom little so peeping, many shots little peeping tom, get your eye yeah. yeah you like that you like that you brian like you like it you like watching uh, me you like brian uh He's like eighty now. I couldn't say that to him. Uh, it's insane. No, he wouldn't. He would never. Um, but I do think Vanessa Redgrave. Oh. Only speaking in Bible verses and in code. Like, come on, oh. Mama. Vanessa. Vanessa. And whenever, <laughs> bitch. Also, whenever the internet's fucking up on the train, she goes, "Have you changed the batteries?" Iconic. No, like her just trying to upload like stuff on a computer <laughs> so on good. a train is like just gay behavior to me. I just think her whole mm-hmm. character is really gay. The fact that mm-hmm. she's just like an arms dealer. She's an arms dealer, Dylan, and we Named, just, we like her. What did she say? He's like, is it short for Maxine? And she's like, wouldn't you like to know or something, something like that? Or like, yeah, she talks in riddles. I love it. I Ugh. loved it. And she's just like, yeah, she like, yeah, she's like a bad person, yeah. but she's so likable. I love her. She's iconic. Oh, uh, she's so great. I truly can't tell if she's a villain or not. And <laughs> everyone's like a villain. Flirts, she kind of flirts with Tom. Yeah, it's I mean, very does... Leo and Joanna Lumley and Wolf of Wall Street energy. Mm-hmm. And like her, her specter lingers over the rest of the series. Vanessa Kirby plays her daughter. Oh my god! Yeah. I need to watch the rest of the movies. I haven't They're seen. Great. I saw MI two when I was a kid, and I I liked it, but apparently it's bad. Mm. And I saw three, and I thought it was really forgettable. Mm-hmm. Was it Philip Seymour Hoffman the villain though? Yes, he was. See, I remember that because yeah. oh, how could you forget? Forever and ever. Oh, Philip PCH. PSH. Um, and then I think Tom Cruise's little glasses whenever he's doing the rappel down. I yeah. love that. I love that whole fit. That's such a that's such a gay fit. And he's wearing like ballet shoes. Wearing ballet shoes. And he's just wearing yeah, the black t shirt, small glasses, and he's just uh, spread out. He's spread ready eagle. to go to an industrial show. Yeah, he sure is. He's like, I I can't pronounce the name. Einzern and Zernde Neubauten. Yes, bitch. Yes, they're playing. Uh, friend of the pod, Harrison, is going to be screaming at the pod when he gets to this part. But they're playing Primavera Sound. Weekend one. Wow. Yeah. Um, but they're industrial. Anyway, um, but yeah, he's so cute. And I, I don't know. They might not be gay, but I think he's like. I think it's cute. Nah. <laughs> I don't know why. I, I, I guess I'm going to claim it as gay because I liked it, but I definitely loved the whole like aquarium explosion sequence. Yes. And I feel like bitch. that was just like, I feel like aquariums are gay. Aquariums are so gay. Like villains just... always have them. Mm-hmm. They always have it. They're always like obsessed with their like fish collection. Yes. Like we watched. What? So we, I, the other night, me, Harrison, and another friend of the podcast started watching Speed Racer, the Wachowski sisters. Nice. Um, masterpiece. Um, and there is a sequence with a piranha, piranha tank. Ooh. But then the lights went out because there was a storm. Um, oh, so damn. Movie. But yeah, I, like, I just remember thinking, like, God, I love a villain with an aquarium. Oh, and it so was sad. a restaurant in Mission Impossible, but like, same thing. Look, that's when they were meeting up. And then everyone in the restaurant was actually IMF spies. So like, come on, lair. Love a lair. Love, love that. that shit. Love that. Is there anything else okay? Um... No, I feel like a That's lot of the, the women in the movies, like, I just feel like a, a, a well-placed hot woman with an accent is very mm-hmm. straight behavior, so I can't, mm-hmm. like, can't connect, I can't connect to it. Damn. You know? But Vanessa Redgrave, for sure. Bitch. Stole the show. Mm-hmm. Um, Jean Reno's arms. Ooh, yeah. Um, Very, very nice. Very nice. Ving Rhames saying, toast, 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 toast. toast. 
um, so many good things. Great movie. Exploding a helicopter with a piece of gum. Incredible. Maybe bitch. Um, yeah. Yeah, I and think set, strong. And I think up- the setting, the, the three settings for the the four settings for the movie, are mm-hmm. the Czech Republic, Prague, mm-hmm. Prague, Virginia, <sighs> London, and Paris. That's gay right there. That's gay. That's the gay rectangle. Yeah. It's a gay. <laughs> gay uh, parallelogram. What do you call those things? Gay rhombus. Rhombus. There a we go. Gay rhombus. A gay rhombus. Love it. <laughs> Well, speaking of gay rhombuses, we have our gay recommendation sections where we're going to recommend a movie that after watching this movie, you're like, I need something a little gayer. We got you, sis. Um, this movie, I was like on the fence of calling it gay, but then I went and looked at some of the costumes again. I was like, no, this movie's fucking gay. Um, it's the 2015 Man from Uncle starring... I've never heard of this movie. Oh, it's incredible. I saw it... Um, <laughs> I remember I was in the domain getting my iPhone replaced and then a blood vessel, blood vessel burst in my eye <laughs> and I was like oh fuck and I went to go hide in the eye pick to go watch this by myself during the uh, middle of the afternoon anyway um, it's a flop it flops so hard it's Army okay. Hammer yeah. our, our husband Army Hammer pro- unproblematic <laughs> fabulous we love him support everything he does Army Hammer uh, Henry Cavill Alicia Vikander and my wife my wife Elizabeth Debicki. Uh, you tell me that a Guy Ritchie movie is gay. Bitch, all, it's the man from Uncle. It's Mission Impossible set meets uh, Talented Mr. Ripley. Oh, so it's got gay undertones. It's got gay undertones. Army Hammer and Henry Cavill are like, they're, are they going to fuck? Are they not going to fuck? They're like out, out spying each other. Alicia Vikander and Elizabeth Debicki just wear outfits. That's all their whole thing is. They're just wearing outfits. They're wearing clothes. You know, <laughs> women wear clothes. Um, yeah, I love. I love that Alicia Vikander like won an Oscar. Isn't that fucking insane? We gave her an Oscar. This this whole episode is secretly why did we give these people Oscars? Um, but yeah, it is. Um, it's maybe just bisexual, but it's queer. There we go. Queer it's recommendation. Queer. It's non-binary vibes. It's definitely, it's definitely non-binary. It's just like, what if everyone wore clothes in Europe? And that's what it is. So my recommendation is a movie that I haven't seen for years. Um, but it is a spy movie mm-hmm. called D-E-B-S Debs. Hell yeah. It's a lesbian movie starring oh. Jordana Brewster, <laughs> Megan Good... Okay. And David Devin Aoki. Oh. Oh yes. <laughs> and it's just like this dumb, stupid, funny, like lesbian romance spy movie. And Love it. It is super fun and bad, but in a good way. And I think everyone should watch it. There we uh, go. Done. Bad what news, Angel- box office bomb, all the things that you need for a gay person movie. That's what I want. Um, oh, and, and, she and did Herbie fully loaded after that? Good for her. Good for her. Yeah, I feel like a lot of, pretty much almost every gay woman I've ever met loves this movie. <laughs> oh, like, yeah. so I just wanted to throw that out there for our listeners. Watch Debs. It's a fun Watch movie. It. I'll rewatch it sometime soon. It's been a long time, but I, it's, been, it's, it's been in here. It's been, been in there. my mind. It's been right since. there. Um, well, I love that both of... description on Wiki, so I guess a lot happens. I love that both of our recommendations were just acronyms. Mm. Yeah, it's very spy shit. Very spy shit. Very yeah. spy. Also, watch Spy with Melissa McCarthy. That movie's great. Uh, I'm not... 
time I've ever thought Melissa McCarthy was very funny is in This Is 40 when she's like popping <laughs> off on Paul Rudd and um, Leslie Mann uh, at like the I principal's d- office. I do not remember that. Oh, you need to look up this scene. Oh, all right, like, done. She's like, I'm a hamster. I'll chew right through you or something like that. And she like <laughs> is like popping off on them and it's like the stupidest, funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. Hell yeah. I love that. But yeah, she's funny, I guess. She's oh. funny. <laughs> All right, well, let's wrap this shit up. This is a this is an episode, baby. Yeah, wow, we talked about Radiohead. Oh, Radiohead, Hillary Swank. <laughs> the two genders really are Radiohead and Hillary Swank. Um, I love it. I can't wait to edit this down. Um, my name is Dylan Garcia. You can find me on Twitter at Dylan Garcia, on Instagram at Garcia, and on Letterbox at Garcia. And I'm Kirk Van Sickle, and you can find me on Instagram, Letterboxd, and Twitter at K-R-K-V-N-S-C-K-L-E. What if I just cut the entire Hillary Swank part and just put it at the end? (laughs) It's like five extra minutes of pod. Just put it at the very end. Just a bunch of Hillary Swank shit talking. (laughs) Watch the Hillary Swank's like Stan Army's gonna find us and be like, are you fucking kidding? Yeah, Hillary you- Swank's Stan <laughs> Army? Where, bitch? <laughs> it's, it's like 40-year-old lesbians. They're like, you guys are a bunch of haters and it's like one of those like videos that Stans do and it's just like Hillary Swank only and Boys Don't Cry a Million Dollar Baby. And it's just like, <laughs> and maybe it's like, like a Nicki scene, Minaj song. <laughs> and maybe like a scene from like, what was that? Conviction. Insomnia. The Christopher yes. Nolan movie. She's <laughs> that everyone hates. <sighs> Love the it. The Horseman. <laughs> in her, oh fuck, she did a horror movie, and I can't remember what it was called. I just remember the, she's like covered in snakes on the cover. We love you, Hillary. Please come, come to our live shows. All right, I'll see you next week. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Now came talk. Talk. It's a it's a not great combo. I feel like they try to make Hillary Swank sexy. Not, she has too many teeth. Period. Like I'm not gonna finish my sentence. Like they try to make Hillary Swank sexy. That was a she choice. has too many teeth. Too um, many teeth. Too many. <laughs> get rid of like six. Isn't All it right. crazy that she has two Oscars? Two best actress Oscars. Cra- not even like she has like two like real Oscars. And wh- where has she been since 2003? Like, her performance in Boys Don't Cry is good. I'll give her that. Mm-hmm. But Annette Benning. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> Annette Benning for American Beauty. Should have won. Period. Um, and then her other Oscar, Million Dollar Baby? No. Fuck that um, movie, number one. And number two, Kate Winslet, Eternal Sunshine. Then they wouldn't have had to give won. it to her for the fucking reader, which nope. is a boring movie. Boring, endless movie. And, and she just gets, she's naked in it and she's a Nazi. That's mm-hmm. what we had to make Kate do to win an Oscar. Shame yep. on you. I don't remember her being in that movie that much. Kate Winslet? Yeah. No, she was basically a supporting actress in it. Yeah. It's like about the like kid she fucks. Yeah. Spoiler. Spoiler. She fucks a kid. I mean, literally. Okay, look. I promise we'll get back to Mission Impossible, but I just want to go to the 2004 Best Oscar race real quick. Annette Bening and Being Julia, a movie I've never seen. Can't give anything. But Catalina Moreno and Maria Paula Grace. Oh, performance. I mean, Incredible. What a, I mean. What a performance. That is. Imelda Staunton. And Vera Drake, incredible. Amelda incredible. Staunton and Vera Drake. Look, bitch, bitch, 
bitch. Bitch. And then Kate Winslet and Eternal Sunshine. Like, that's three, like, home run performances right there. What did Hillary Swank do in Million Dollar Baby except for crack her fucking neck? Mm-hmm. Instead of falling on that fucking stool. <laughs> Instead of getting... Getting murked by Clint Eastwood at the end, and then he sings some like Irish poem to her or whatever. Oh my god, that movie's so boring. Boring, boring ass movie. Anyway, back to Mission Impossible. Back to Mission Impossible.